1: Ronananian. Your car has value, and right now your car has a lot more value I think than you may realize. So it's really in your best interest to take better care of it, to treat it better, and try and make it last longer.
3: The Car Doctor. 06 Toyota Tacoma, 382,000 miles. Just broken it.
0: <laughs> I wish. Yeah, just broken it. I'd in, like bro. to get a couple more years out of it. Why not? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your
1: calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, hey, hey. welcome aboard. Let's get a good hour of auto repair going. And let's uh, get over to the phones and see Sam in Pennsylvania with a 2011 Ford Escape and uh, some kind of an air conditioning problem. Sam, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
4: Yeah, first, I want to say thank you for taking my call, and I really appreciate
1: it. You're very welcome, sir. What's going on?
4: The, uh, uh, this Escape, it's it, it was a garage queen before we bought it a year ago. It, okay. We bought it with 44,000 miles on it. It's got about 50 on it now. All right. Uh, the uh, compressor will not run. I I have a uh, an hotel Bluetooth or 808BT scanner. It was telling me it was 460 pounds pressure on the high side. I put the gauges on, verified it, yes, 460 on pounds on the high side so i bled off some pressure from the high to the low and compressor started And suction stayed just below 50 uh and the head pressure just skyrocketed and tripped off again so i did some research online and they said uh that version of escape the desiccant filter inside the receiver
1: like, explodes let loose. yeah yep
4: uh what are the chances of me being able to flush that backward? Now, I'm i am I'm an HVAC mechanic. Yeah. I usually do rooftop critical mission uh, IT rooms and things like that. I have access to Whatever, uh, you know. Would, do you think I'd be able to flush that backwards? The problem out the, is out of the TXC.
1: Um, probably not, but I mean, you can try. It's already broken. You can't make it any worse. My my one question would be: when the compressor is not engaged, do the cooling fans run? Yes, they do. Okay, they do. Um, and just for giggles, did you by chance? Do you have the ability to pull codes? Were there any fault codes in it? Did it have a P fourteen sixty four in it by chance?
4: I don't recall what the codes were, but there was a code uh, clutch out of range, clutch something out of range. I don't remember the number. I should have should have written yeah. that down or um, just just take a look.
1: You know, I've run into this before on these, and I'll see crazy high side pressures. And I've had problems where the desiccant will will rupture and create problems in the system, but then they'll also have a P fourteen sixty four, and that points to a possible bad pressure transducer, which sits on the desiccant can um, itself. The desiccant, if I remember right, this is over on the right front corner of the engine compartment. Am I thinking? Yeah. Am yeah. I am I thinking correctly? Yeah. Okay. And there's a, it's a there's are. a pressure transducer on that. And it's been a while since I've played with one. Most of the 11s are gone now. But uh, if I recall correctly, there is a voltage test you can apply to that to look at voltage signal coming out. There's like four or six wires on the top of that pressure transducer. yeah. Um, yeah, okay. And, and just be certain you're not chasing a 1464 and you're chasing your tail. As a rule... We, we we automotive AC can't be flushed if it has to go anything anywhere near through the condenser, because if you ever, ever if you ever cut the I don't know what commercial AC condensers look like, but I can tell you automotive AC condensers. Forget it. It's smaller yeah. than the size of a pinhole. And there's just you're just not getting anything flushed through that, uh, you know, to the point okay. that you just you just end up changing condensers. But if you pull the system apart, if you know recover and take apart, do you see you know, you know what to look for? Do you see black residue mm-hmm. on the outlet, showing that, or you know for that matter, I'd look on the inlet too, just to see that it seep its way through. But do you see any signs of rupture? But before you do that, let's talk about the codes. Can you want to you want to pull codes and call me back next week, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, we'll, I kinda, sure can. we'll we'll kind of take that approach, or you can email me. You know, if you email me. Uh, Sam, I'm glad to talk to you that way too. Ron at Cardoctorshow.com. and maybe I can get you a jump start on the week ahead. I did, I did ahead.
4: change the, uh, I did change the pressure transducer also, and okay. it's, it's reading the same. Like I said, I threw a set of gauges on; it's reading the same. So okay, all they're right. all it's,
1: And and whose branch whose brand switch did you use?
4: I used a Motorcraft. Good boy. or Whatever okay. I got it off of the the, the big. A big uh, warehouse website yeah. whatever, whatever it was Ford OEM whatever yeah, okay they use. all right yeah
1: just checking just checking so but yeah let's find out what codes are there um let's let's see what codes are there although 460 is obviously too high it sounds like a restriction so but you know let's just mm-hmm. so and you bought it this way the AC has never worked as long as you've owned it
4: no no the wife said the way said it worked fine for the first you know last year but you know she's it's only Five thousand miles on it since last year. She right, doesn't drive much, right? Right. So, yeah, you know, one, out of that five thousand miles, was it two thousand miles in the summertime? Right. You know. Yeah.
1: Right. And and memory memory has a way of fading over time. You know, it, the, <laughs> the, right. the the words of my father just ring in my ears when I get in the cars like this, Sam. You know, Dad always said, "If there's six steps, don't jump to three. Start at one." So let's let's mm-hmm. let's let's go back and let's pull codes and let's see what codes are there. If for nothing else, let's just see what's there. It's 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 cheap and easy enough to do, and then we can kind of formulate a plan, working our way out from there. Um, you know, you don't want to box yourself in a corner, which is the worst part about auto repair. You know, as as right, as you right. well know, right? You know, you you're looking for the leak on the AC system, and you go, "Oh, I know what it is." The last seven were like this, and as you're taking it apart, going wait, I didn't die check it. Let me put this back together and die check it, right? (laughs) And then you find out it was something else, and you go, yep, thank God I followed steps one through six. So, um, you know, but that's how I'd approach this. So,
4: But you're on the path.
1: Let's just talk about codes, and then we can go from there. How's that?
4: Sounds perfect. I appreciate your help.
1: All right, Sam, my pleasure. You'd be well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's go over to Ian in uh, Montreal. Look at that. We're international Mm -hmm. now. So we've made it over. Yeah. Our, <laughs> we've we've made it all the way up. Hey, good north. afternoon. So yes, sir. How good can a- I help?
5: Good afternoon, Ron. Yeah, I listen, I listen to you guys out of Burlington, uh, WVMT, and it kind of blast in here. So Isn't that uh, cool? I'm a Tamamolo convert. I, I kind of miss his show since he retired. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy your show on Saturday. Thank you. Uh, to sort of cut to it, we have an '07 Pontiac Torrent. We've had it since new. Got about seventy thousand miles on it, and uh, just this winter, or just this season, we've been experiencing a uh, pretty good uh, fuel smell out of the back end. We'll stop the car, and then you you, you smell this this uh, fuel odor. There's no visible leak on the ground. There's no visible leak under the car. I've seen a couple of articles and a couple of YouTube videos uh, regarding the fuel pump uh, tubes or the pipes that come out of the fuel pump on top of the Rock. tank. They're plastic, and they're prone to cracking. I'd like to know if you've seen this before in the Equinox torrent line and what your thoughts are.
1: Um, I've seen that. I've also seen it where, if it's the one I'm thinking about where it has the metal lock collar that holds the pump module down into the body of the tank where the lock rings rot and it allows it to split and push up because the fuel pump module is under pressure. I've seen that as well. Um, Do you own any kind of a scan tool, Ian?
5: Yes, I do. Okay.
1: Yes. So what if we, you know, well, I me ask the question this way. Are you setting, does it have a check engine light on?
5: No code, sir. I would have checked that first thing. I thought maybe it was the EVAP system leaking out some vapor. We right. have no codes.
1: Right. I'd be curious to see, well, what I would do is I'd go in and just verify, has the EVAP monitor run? Does it show complete? And if it's complete and passed, then we know what it's not, right? And that's easy enough to do with the scan tool but i'd be okay. i'd be curious to see if while you were driving down the road does fuel tank pressure does the ftp show it being pulled into a vacuum state or if you if your scan tool's got the ability to run the evap monitor can you pull the system into a vacuum and look at ftp and will it pass sitting in the bay right? wouldn't
5: that cause a uh, a performance issue if we were getting some uh a fuel pump malfunction wouldn't that cause a performance uh, Not a a performance leak. malfunction?
1: Well, are we talking about a fuel pressure leak or a fuel system where the system is just exposed to atmosphere and now it's allowing it to come up inside the vehicle like that or around the vehicle? Well, as it a seems smell? to be
5: it seems to be only under pressure because it's when we stop the car when we stop the car you'll get that uh, the, the odor will be there and if you come back a half an hour later the odor or fifteen minutes later the odor is gone.
1: Okay. Well, then, it's, so it's, then it seems
5: to be like a run, a runtime, a runtime thing. And obviously, I can't, I can't look at it as uh, you know. I wouldn't even, even if I was following, following the the, the boss in in her vehicle uh, while she's driving, I couldn't tell if there was any kind of leakage. But we're not losing any fuel economy, fuel economy staying about the same. How about putting, so we're not you, losing, we're not physically losing any fuel. It's just that the smell is there, and it's you know, it'll it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Do you have so access just, to a lift? Do,
1: do you have access to a lift, Ian?
5: Uh, well, I'm pretty well equipped here. I've got uh, good jacks and drive on ramps, so okay. I can I can get the car up in the air.
1: I mean, if it's if it's if it's a leaking wet fuel somewhere, there's got to be stains. It can't it can't continue to put out smell if you're thinking this is a pressure leak and not show right. stains somewhere. So you you've got to right. see stains. But what I'm suggesting, as far as I don't know what your scan tool has the ability to do, but if you have the ability to do a service bay evap test.
5: Where you could just... I don't think so. It's not that advanced. It's okay. not that advanced a scan tool. All
1: right. Then go in and look at... Go in and look at... Go in on the OBD2 side. You don't even need to look at manufacturer. It could be a very basic scan tool. Go look at the right. ev- Go look at the EVAP monitor. All right? Okay. Um, does it show complete? All right? Now, depending okay. upon what scan tool you have, it may show complete or pass. They, they change the terminology. If it shows complete right. or pass and there are no EVAP codes, mm-hmm. clear codes... Okay? okay. Clear the code, go back in and look at the monitor. It will now show incomplete or fail or test not run, okay. something like that. Okay. Now drive the car. Put 50 to 75 miles on it, keeping the fuel level between a quarter and three quarters of a tank. All right. right? You don't want it more, you don't want it less. If the EVAP right. monitor runs and it goes to complete and it doesn't set an EVAP fault, then the tank has integrity. You've got a pressure leak somewhere it's it's okay that's, that's okay that's it's just that I'll, simple. I'll give it
5: a i'll give it a shot and uh right now it's still a little bit cold here we're still only in the 40s but i'll give it a shot maybe next weekend drive it up to check for any uh kind of uh visible uh, you know visible physical leaks before right. doing anything right. i'll run the uh i'll run the scan test on the evap see what i can come up with and, pull, and, uh, and if it passes back. all that and there's no codes then uh I'll have to look at, uh, I guess, dropping the tank, and uh, I don't know, is there a drain on that tank?
1: No, there's probably no drain, but look to see. You know what? Look at the procedure for fuel pump replacement on that particular model. Right. You may find an access panel under the back seat.
5: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm going to have a look. I've got the manual. Uh, I've got the manual here. I've got to have a look at it. Okay, okay. sir. Well, look, okay. right. I, I appreciate it, and uh, I enjoy your show. you probably got a lot of listeners up this way, so I uh, enjoy your show, and uh, we'll,
0: uh, we'll keep on listening.
1: Okay, thanks, Ian. You be well. I'm Ron and and The Car Doctor. We are back right after this.
0: not
4: that number it's the only one you want. you might use it if you feel better
0: when you get home keep ron's number handy 855-560-9900 for when you really need advice on your car here's ron
1: hey let's get over and talk to let's go to pete in michigan michigan's coming in loud and clear today i can see it 03 PT Cruiser and some head gasket questions. Pete, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help,
3: Ron? How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm you know good. when I call you, I'm I'm like at a, at a crossroads. Okay, I'm your guy. I'm <laughs> I, your
1: guy, brother. I What's called you on, on my
3: I called you on my '95 Blazer four wall, if you remember, and I'm making brake lines. Good. Anyway, oh sure, yeah, 2003 PT, Cru- yeah, 2003 PT Cruiser. And I just uh eats antifreeze. I've replaced upper lower hoses, stats, water pump, uh radiator, basically everything you can pretty much replace. Did a compression test on it. On uh, number one, I got one fifty, two, I got one twenty, three, I got one twenty five, four, I got one sixty three. Okay. Um So it's leaking but,
1: it's leaking between you know, two and three.
3: That's what I'm I'm thinking. So when I bought the car the the gal had overheated it and she'd already put a bunch of money into it and dad said sell it. So I, I bought it knowing that it had an overheating problem because mm-hmm. all PT cruisers do. Right. Uh, didn't didn't know that at the time, but it's, now it's it's
1: built into the car when you buy it new, it just takes a while to come out. So
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just <laughs> part of the process. Um so i'm i'm I've dumped a ton of money into this car because uh, I'm a perfectionist. It's my first problem. but now I'm at a crossroads is like okay is, uh, is it a is it just a head gasket, or did I warp the head? And you know if I warp the head i got I can buy a rebuild for four hundred bucks, put a gasket, but of course, I got to undo the whole water pump, and you know, oh, you just the whole don't you water. just
1: you just don't want to work on that timing belt side. Isn't that isn't that fun to do? Wanna, yeah.
3: Oh yeah. If, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I had micro fingers, it'll be great. Yeah, but, that's that's oh what yeah, we that's, that's a, what we
1: call in the industry. That's like ten pounds of bologna in a five pound sack the way that thing is stuffed in yeah. there. Um you oh, know, yeah. when, you, when yeah, it's just amazing. When you take the head off you have to grease it with butter around the corners to get it there pop out because it's just wedged in there so tight um here's oh
3: yeah i had to do that with the alternator too yeah
1: yeah. oh yeah it's (laughs) it's just not meant to be worked on it's really amazing so you know the questions comments concerns first of all how many miles on this car Uh,
3: 135 okay do
1: do you really like the car
3: Uh, no i want to sell it Uh, my my intention was to flip the car but and make a profit but so so now it's now it's
1: now it's a lost cause yeah. Kind of sort of. So do all I right.
3: take a bigger loss or but you know, right now in, in with everything going on with the chip industry, you know, when I bought it the book value was twelve, now it's twenty three. Wow.
1: So Right. So yeah. there's there's two approaches to this. All right. I'll tell you the hard one. I'll tell you the expensive one first. This way you have to listen to me to the end. All right. I do this with my wife and kids because they don't like listening to me sometimes either. I'm not saying you don't, but I'm just saying just in case. So, All know. So, you know, the way you would do this is, yeah, you pull the head. You're going to get the head checked for square. Put a head gasket in it. Have you done a timing belt to this yet? Yep. All right. So when you did
3: the... Timing pump, idler,
1: and tensioner. Did you change the covers? Did you happen to notice if there was an update for the... Some of these, the early ones had updated timing covers because the covers would buckle and warp under heat when they overheated, ha, ha, ha. And Chrysler actually released a different style tensioner and a different style timing cover, the plastic cover setup. But if the belt's already done, then don't worry about it. Uh, but you would have to pull out... Yeah, I the... didn't see
3: any abnormalities okay. when you
1: pulled it apart. Then you would have to pull all that apart and do a head gasket and so forth. That's, you know, by the book. The, the simpler right. method, and it's a whole lot cheaper is going to be something uh, like K-Seal Ultimate. Now, the difference between K-Seal and K-Seal Ultimate is K-Seal Ultimate has, uh, the textbook explanation is 33% more sealing power, and it does. K-Seal is an excellent product for cooling system leaks. Their head gasket sealer is is an excellent product. It is considered to be a permanent fix in my eyes, and this vehicle is the perfect candidate for it. It's it's approaching, what, 19 I did, years?
3: I did, uh, did K-Seal HD.
1: HD or ultimate HD. Okay, Heavy I think duty. I think that's the truck version and I'm not you should have seen some sort of a change. I'm surprised if you didn't. All right. Um, have you? Dream- well,
3: when I, I got everything back together, I was able to make like about a thirty-minute trip. But then I went to go see my brother, who's about fifty minutes, and I overheated. I made it like ten minutes from his house, and I had to pull over to the side of the road and okay. to cool down. And then, get
1: then, then the options are K Seal Ultimate, which has more sealing power in it. Perhaps we're dealing with a crack in the head, or it's going to be pulled ahead and look to see just what's going on between cylinders two and three, because obviously that's clearly where the fault is, the fact that you've got such a variation in compression. Tough choices, kiddo, but, you know, you may end up losing on this one. Those are the best choices I can give you. I'm Ron and The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ron the Car Doctor here at 855 560 9900 Again, 855 560 9900 And uh, you can use that phone number, keep it in your library, keep it in your uh keep it in your phone. If you've got a question, you got a problem during the week, call 855 560 9900 We'll put you in queue. You get an answering service and leave a message. Tom Ray will call you back, executive producer here at the Car Doctor, and we'll put you in the next live queue when the show is live. We are live on the network Saturdays, two to four PM and uh, just East Coast time, and just because you don't hear us, you know, there are sh- affiliates that take the show on delay around the country. And, um, you know, you can. Uh you can um, you know, just count on the fact that we'll be here Saturdays 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. You can call in, even though you can't hear the show in your market. Um, I want to talk to you about my trip to the deli today before we go on. Uh, there's two cars I want to talk to you about. One we fixed in the shop, one I fixed at the deli, and I, I think it was more a question of um, uh, adjusting an attitude. And, and, and attitudes are hard. Um, y- you know, y- you're doing it sometimes, and we're all guilty of it. And one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is I try not to have – Oh, I don't know. What is it? You know, low expectations, high hopes. I think that's the right explanation. Uh, you know, because then I'm not disappointed as much. Uh, you know, I walked in to order lunch today at my favorite local deli and uh, Debbie, who works behind the counter, who is just now, I've only been doing it about 20 years, just kind of catching on what I happen to do for a living when I walk in every day with the mechanics jacket on and the shirt. and Anyway, um, she's got a problem with her brakes. When she steps on her brakes, they, they, they sort of shudder and shake and She's now noticing you know, particulate of, of, of metal coming out of the one wheel, and she's describing how the left front wheel has a rust coating on the inside face of it. And you know. And I said, gee, Deb, it, it, it sounds like you need brakes. Well, yeah, and I keep telling my husband that, but he says, no, no, it's okay, don't worry about it, and he doesn't want to spend the money to get it looked at. And I said, but, Deb, it, it sounds like you're chewing up the brake rotors. And what kind of vehicle is this? Well, it's a 20-year-old Chevy Trailblazer, and, you know, we just didn't want to spend the money right now. I think he's getting ready to buy me a new vehicle. And I said, well, you know, how much time, (laughs) you know, where do you go with this, right? I mean, these are the questions I get asked. Like, how do you get this explanation out? You know what? Brakes are very unforgiving. Bad tires are very unforgiving. Loose front ends are very unforgiving. What are you doing? And, you know, I told her, I said, Deb, you've got a week, and you may not have the week, all right? It sounds like your metal metal-on-metal brakes, and she didn't understand that, and I explained what metal-on-metal metal is. Metal-on-metal metal means there's no more friction material left, and you are now grinding the brakes. And I've seen situations where brake pads are physically worn out. The friction material is gone, and you are just grinding the metal pad into the metal brake rotor and chewing everything up. And you're, you're in a situation where if it was a high-speed stop or even a local stop, but high-speed stop seems to be where it's affected most, the vehicle may pull to one side, the vehicle may fail to stop. It could be a fatality. And I explained that to her, and she looked at me in the eyes, and she kind of got, because I take that very serious. You know what? I take that serious for her safety, your safety, and my safety. I might be in the car in front of you or behind her or, you know, next to her when she hits the brakes and they go the wrong direction. So, you know, a little bit of common sense. I just wanted to bring this to air just to say, hey, you know, if the brakes don't feel right, because I also said, how long has it been going on? Three weeks. You know what? If it's been going on longer than three times... It's time to have somebody look at the brakes. Again, I don't care how many computers are on cars today. It still takes common sense to sort of take a look at these things and and and, and see what's going on. So um, anyway, that was that. I want to talk about Jeff's Lexus, but before I do that, let me go over to the phones. Let's go over to Mike in Virginia, 07 Toyota 4Runner, and some questions. Yeah, Mike, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can
7: I help? Ron, uh, I guess this is a verification question. I've got an 07 4Runner that's got an exhaust leak. And it appears that it's up at the manifold where it bolts to the block. Okay. And I've, I've read up on this and it seemed to be a common problem Yep. that the forerunners from 03 to 09 is the, it's the weight with the converter hanging right there at the manifold. Cause it to crack. Cracks the metal. Yeah. You know, yep. And you know, once, once it's out of warranty, I guess I'm, it's tough luck for me. And I, so what, what are my options here? It's, it's not going to fix itself. I know. And it, It's got the 4.7 V8 in it. Of course, you know, it's shoehorned in there to begin with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big job. A lot of work. Um, How many miles are on it?
7: It's 164,000. It's a very good truck. I intend to drive it until it literally falls apart, and that could be a while.
1: Right. So, you know, let's let's make it the worst it could be. All right. Let's say the engine's got to come out. It needs two exhaust manifolds, and the exhaust system has to be replaced, and you spent Seven grand, I'm just making a number up out of thin air just to scare you a little bit would you would okay. you would you put five to seven grand in this truck to fix it?
7: It's fifty thousand dollar plus truck brand new
1: right I got news for you. It's probably a sixty thousand dollar plus
7: truck brand new
1: today if you can find one right but yeah so you're right you know it's it's i would do you have a regular mechanic that you go to whether it be the dealer or an independent do you have somebody you trust that you know that'll treat you right and, and and look at the job right and take the time
7: yeah that's uh it was my independent mechanic as a matter of fact i took it to i thought maybe it was a flange leak or something and he said he was pretty certain it was at the block he had never done it he he was very honest with me he said mike i i had to sit down and study on this one he said because that's that looked like a tough job. It. It looked tough just to get the heat shields off the manifold.
1: Right. Then I think Monday, what you're going to do is it sounds like your guy hasn't done it or is not equipped to do it. And that's okay. Listen, I pass on things from time to time, too. I passed on a steering rack on a 13 Milan this week. It was an all wheel drive Milan with 80,000 miles on it, I believe. It needed an electric power steering rack to get it out. You had to pull the cradle and the you had to lower the whole engine powertrain cradle the whole nine yards you need something called a power bench which is a hydraulic imagine a workbench but it's got hydraulic rams on it that lifts up supports everything you unbolt everything from the body and lower it down to get to the rack you know i don't have one of those in a three-bay shop i haven't had need for one up till this point i doubt that i ever will and i passed on the job and that's another conversation but my point is there are some jobs that just not every shops. just no matter how much you have you just can't can't do it he may not be equipped to pull the engine on that uh and it may be something that yeah it's time to have a conversation with the dealer and say look you know what do you see this becoming what do you normally do when this happens and i'm sure they can rattle you off some prices and you know they may scare you but at least you know what you're dealing with going in at a buck 60 you know before i did all this though it's what 15 years old i would also ask them to go through it what does this vehicle need You know, is if the engine had to come out, is now the time to solve the oil leaks that are in question. Is now the time to reseal the engine. Is now the time to look at suspension, brakes, all the things you can't get to while the engine is in the vehicle as well. Uh, You know, rubber products, so on and so forth. If you're planning to drive this, you know what? Putting putting ten grand into a vehicle, seven grand, eight grand, nine grand, ten grand at this particular point, when there's such a shortage of vehicles, isn't a bad idea, because. You know, it's it's fixable. Listen, I was going to tell you guys a story about Jeff. Jeff is a regular customer at the shop. He drives an 11 Lexus ES350. This week we did, we did some service, and it had a belt noise. And as a result of the belt noise, I found the water pump was just starting to seep. When I took the water pump out, Jeff, you know what? Let's put an alternator in it. 105,000-mile car. It's uh, just 11 years old. Let's do let's do an alternator. Let's do the belt. We're going to do a water pump, obviously. Let's do a thermostat. We started to talk about doing system and component replacement based on time and mileage because he can't buy another one. You know, you can't buy another ES350, and if you can, it's probably every bit of 50 grand. And he he put a couple right. of bucks in it this week, and he's still cheaper, and he's still ahead of the game. And that's how I think you've got to look at it. That's my suggestion, and that's how everybody's got to look at it now. You know, it's not what's the car you, worth, what's it's going to cost you to replace it?
7: Do you do you feel like that the engine would have to come out or it can be be done with the engine still I, the science, I've, I've, in? I
1: I I've seen them done in the vehicle and I've seen them done where the engine comes out and it's just easier to get to everything. It depends on which bolts are right. which which bolts give you the hard time and what has to be drilled to something snap and have to be drilled off in the head. Um I don't think it's worthwhile Fair. to pull the heads off. I think that's more work than it's worth.
7: Right. So, okay, well, you, right. you verified what I, I've kind of read online, so I, I just wanted to hear it. Yeah. I consider you a pro and listen to you all the oh, time. Thank so you, I, sir. I, just wanted to, I wanted to get that opinion.
1: But I think I think somebody like the dealer, for example, or an independent shop that's done that job, if they sat down and wrote an estimate, and like I said, before I did that job, I would want to know what kind of shape the rest of the vehicle's in, I think they can give you a range and tell you, hey, here's where you're going, but at the end, you know what you're going to have and you've got a vehicle that's reliable at that point, and it'll probably last you another five, six years, and and that's worth you know five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten grand in this market in this world. So something to think about. All right, Mike.
7: Thanks, Ron. I appreciate You're it. You're
1: very welcome, sir. You be well. I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I'm back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, running into the Car Doctor. Let's do this quick. We're running out of time this hour. Gene in Georgia, some questions and comments. Gene, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help?
8: Uh, thank you, Ron, for taking my call. You're I've welcome, been listening sir. to you lately, and uh, I have a question that might be uh, pertinent to today's day. Uh, a lot of manufacturing, uh, the chips are not available for a lot of cars, and not too many cars are in the lot. How about revamping some of the old car manufacturing the equipment that's maybe sitting idle in the country or in Mexico, and build back some of the old cars? I wouldn't even mind, you know, getting a new old car style, you know, and uh, get more cars on the road. Well, I can I can it's tell you I, I can
1: I can tell you why that won't happen. Yeah, because the old cars won't meet emissions compliance, and that's why we've seen all the changes we've seen, you know, as time goes by. But you're right it's 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 a matter of mobilization we're at a critical point you know we were out to dinner last night as an aside and we were driving up uh, where were we we were driving up route 23 here in north jersey and i was pointing out to the family cuz they, they 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 tend to get the pre-show version the night before and uh, we were talking about somebody brought up the chip shortage i was in the suburban and we had eight people in it and rolling along and i said look at this dealer we went by a honda dealer the honda dealer you know i mean i remember when there was a accord's as far as the eye could see, they're they're empty. There's like you know seven cars on the lot, and they're off brand or they're used. You can clearly see they're more than a couple of model years old. And my point to them was, as we roll past the Honda dealer, the Kia dealer, the Ford dealer, I said, you know, look at what's going on here. We're running out of cars. Yeah. It's 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 a crazy scenario, and all we're seeing is the price of an existing vehicle be worth more. And, uh, you know, Gene, I, I almost chuckle sometimes. You know, it's like, remember, remember when you were raising your kids and they wanted to do something, you told them not to do it, and then they did it anyway, and you kind of chuckle to yeah, yourself. When, right. they, when they skin their knee, they're going to find out. Yep. You know, I've got people still in the shop telling me, man, nah, I don't want to put four, four, you know, I want to do four-wheel brakes and tires. I'm going to go buy a new car. Okay, go ahead. And, you know, two weeks goes by, three weeks goes by, a month goes by, and then they show up on my doorstep, hey, you know what, there's no cars out there.
8: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Um, yeah, see, uh, even with the emissions, like here in Georgia, the emissions are only in the, uh, near the uh, city area, outside of that, you don't need emissions. Right. So I could solve a problem, you know, one way, and the other way, I uh, dealt with some of these emission problems, and uh, in some cases... You know, you go to the dealer and they can't even fix the emission problem because they don't even want to be bothered with it, I think. Well, it's... And the other thing is, uh, at times, after you replace the part, after it's scanned or whatever else, sometimes it takes, you know, maybe 100 miles to reset the whole thing. In some cases, I've heard stories that it takes 1,000 miles to get the thing reset. So you're actually polluting more.
1: Um I don't know if you're polluting more, but you are you it is a complicated repair. What you're talking about is you're talking about um weighted averages. Somewhere around oh seven years ago, most of the car manufacturers went to a system whereby if you had to do a clear codes relearn and reset fuel strategy, it'll take the vehicle anywhere from three to 800 miles to relearn its fuel uh, characteristics, operating curve, transmission shift points, um, just overall operating strategy. And yeah, and that vehicle won't pass or be in emission compliance during that time period because it doesn't run its self-test properly. And it creates a whole slew of problems. You know what, Gene? You make some excellent points. Unfortunately, emissions is going to override all this because we're an emissions-based industry and an emissions-based country. They're worried about clean air at this point, and I don't think we're gonna—I don't think we're gonna find an answer here. But uh, it is going to be interesting the next couple of years because I think it's going to be a while before this chip shortage uh, gets corrected or the supply chain problem gets straightened out. I always appreciate the comments, Gene. Keep them coming, everybody. I'm Ron Anani in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this.
0: She don't love me, she love
1: me, welcome back ron are on of the car doctor we're kind of winding it down this hour you know uh, auto repair is also about and i think i'll close here this week that auto repair is also about community it's also about having a second set of ears and eyes and a brain to talk to, and somebody else to uh, respond to some of your questions and problems. One of the things I really love about Mitchell One and their SureTrack Real Fixes is the community that they've established, and they've done this online. You can actually go and Google search it right, or just search it right on their website, Mitchell One, or you can go and just Google search SureTrack Real Fixes, and it'll take you right to the archives. And I like to read them from time to time, because there's some really interesting things there in the SureTrack community archives. And one of the ones I recently came up with told a story about a 2011 Subaru Forester and they talked about how their timing cover was leaking oil, and they took the cover apart, and they resealed it, this repair shop. And when they put it back together, the leak was fixed, but it was fixed because there was no oil pressure in the vehicle. And they were trying to run around, you know, talking to different people. Does the oil pump have to be reprimed? They had taken the oil pump apart. And one of the community members responded by saying, listen, I've had a, more than a few of these apart. He's a Subaru specialist, the gentleman that was replying. And he said, you know, he said, you probably... Push the oil pump pickup tube out of place because there's a seal there. and Maybe you didn't realize there was a seal there. There was some real good positive exchange and feedback. And the bottom line is they were able to get the shop that took the timing cover apart back on track. Just following some simple suggestions, looking for the seals. They cleaned some uh, debris out of the oil pump pickup that was there. And the vehicle was fixed. And my point is... Sometimes it's not hard problems, and sometimes it's not mechanical strain. Sometimes it's brain power and the ability to talk to one another and, and share the possibilities of what it could take to fix that vehicle. More information at Mitchell1.com. I'm Ron Anady and The Car Doctor reminding you this time till the next time, like every time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.